continuing with our Rediscover Christmas series. And again, today we're looking at finding peace in our struggles. And just a reminder, kind of a quick review of some of what I said last week. As we enter into the Advent season, the word Advent literally means coming or arrival. Traditionally, this is a time of expectation, anticipation, and longing. Advent is not just an extension of Christmas, while that wouldn't be a bad thing. Uh, it's a season that links the past, the present, and the future. In 2020, Advent provides an opportunity for us to share in the ancient longing, perhaps in ways we never have before, for a coming Savior. It's an opportunity for us to celebrate the birth of Christ and also to heighten our anticipation of his return. Perhaps I'm not the only one who this past year from time to time had thought, it'd be really nice if Jesus just came right now and got this over with. Um, Not to be pessimistic, but that would be a good thing. Um, Each week during the season, as many of you know, we typically look at, we focus on different attributes of God uh, represented by the coming of Christ. And those are historically hope, peace, joy, and love. Each of those traits will help us to rediscover the full essence of Christmas. And today we're going to look at the shepherds, and and they remind us of peace restored. The speed sketch that you watch, which, by the way, Richard asked back there if I drew that, and, of course, I did not. Um, I don't know why everybody finds that so funny, uh, but... Perhaps you've seen my drawing. But anyway, um, with regard to the shepherds, uh, that's kind of a a retelling of Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And I suspect that for most of us, if we were writing the Christmas script, the shepherds probably wouldn't have been our first choice as the ones to receive the announcement of Christ's birth. But by now, the story has become familiar. And I trust that the familiarity of the story does not lessen our sense of wonder. Just again, I suspect we've heard the story many, many times. We've told the story many, many times. But just try to imagine what it must have been like for the shepherds. Now, I know... Some folks are more comfortable in the dark than others. And now me personally, if you put me out in a field in the dark, in the middle of the night, I'd be pretty much okay with that. If you put me downtown in a big city at night in the dark, not so much. Okay? But the shepherds were used to being out there. Night after night after night, I'm sure they had a routine And they took care of business, made sure the sheep were good, somebody kept watch, somebody cooked, somebody cleaned up the mess or threw the leftovers in the fire or whatever else. And they all curled up and went to sleep. Night after night, pretty much the same. The only thing that varied was once in a while, probably if a if a wolf or a predator came by, they had a little excitement. Uh, If the weather was nasty, okay. If it was a cloudy night, a stormy night, a starry night. But pretty much the same routine. And then one night, as we just saw, it's dark. Maybe they're already done around the campfire and they've curled up in their uh, wherever it is they sleep. And all of a sudden, 
there is a bright light. We're talking a bright light, somebody shining a flashlight in your face, waking you up when you're sound asleep. And then there's a voice. Now, again, I don't know how they pulled practical jokes back in that day, but you got to be thinking, are we getting punked? Is, is somebody, is somebody doing this? How, how are you making that happen? Or for me, it's like, is everybody else seeing this or is this just me? But then the sky fills with a great company of angels, sights they had never seen before. And then there are the sounds. Talking a great company, first that's what I perceive, maybe I'm wrong, maybe it was a gentle whisper, but I perceive a booming voice of an angel saying, hey dudes, wake up, we're going to talk. Okay, you got our attention. Then there's this great company of angels who begin to sing. Now again, I don't know how close the angels were to them, but assuming they still stayed up in the sky somewhere, I'm thinking the angels are projecting more than we project through our mask, okay? I'm thinking you could hear the sound of a lot of them singing. And again, just the way my mind works, I'm sorry you have to endure it, but you you wonder, is anybody else hearing this? Is this somehow this bright light, this booming voice of an angel, and a great company of angels singing, and these few shepherds gathered in this one tiny place are the only ones to hear it? You know how sometimes when you're at home you hear a big boom and you find out it was... A county away. It's like, was anybody else hearing this? Maybe not. Kind of happened with uh, when they called Paul. So who knows? But so we, we have this situation. And, and as I think about the story, I've heard the story my whole life, just like all of you. But I come back from time to time and think, why the shepherds? Why the shepherds? Anybody else ever wonder why? And I, and I read something recently, and it was like, well, I think that's the best explanation I've ever heard about why the shepherds. Remember I said I talked earlier about past, present, and future? If you think about the shepherds, what did they do? They took care of the sheep, and, and that was kind of their job, and, and all of that. We'll come back to that in just a minute. But you think about these Hebrew shepherds and you think about their heritage. They call them the patriarchs, the founders of the people of of Israel. What was Abraham's job? He was a shepherd. Isaac, Jacob, David. All of a sudden, because God showed up and brought this message to the shepherds, we have this tie to their history, validating for them for generations of anticipation. Remember Abraham, the first one I mentioned, he was the first one that got the message from God that said, hey, I'm going to create a special people, and you're going to help me. So the shepherds tie us to the past, but they're also incredibly relevant to the present. The shepherds in this Christmas story, kind of represent the average, the ordinary, the every man or every woman. 
If he had appeared to the, sent the message to the kings, well, it's a royal thing. If he had sent it to the religious leaders, it's a religious thing. He sent it to the shepherds who are just, in all honesty, they kind of lived on the fringe. You know, any men who live out in the wilderness all the time and hang out with other men, you kind of wonder about. <laughs> They're not the people you want your kids to hang out with necessarily. But the present tense of the message said, this is a message for everybody. If I can take it to the shepherds, it can go up to the royals, it can go out to the religious leaders, it can be everybody else who lives on the fringes. And then there's the future. Remember, one of the things Jesus referred to himself or is referred to as is the good shepherd. And, and again, you tie it all together. You think about the Jewish heritage and the, and the role of the Passover lamb in providing atonement for the people for their sins. You think about Jesus referring to himself as the Lamb of God. And all of a sudden, for me anyway, the fact that he started with the shepherds makes a whole lot more sense. God's favor, the message of the angels and the message of Christmas, is God's favor is not based upon human standards, but rather... It is available to all those who humbly acknowledge their brokenness and accept his gifts of hope, peace, joy, and love. Peace is not based on social class or position, but on God's purpose and design to bring good news that will cause great joy for all people. I want to just quickly touch on three things. Peace comes in the midst of our storms. As I said last week, things were not good for the people of God when the angels showed up to announce the coming of the Messiah. You could easily say they were in a storm that had literally lasted for generations. In the midst of Israel's dark night of Roman oppression, in the midst of centuries of suffering, And generations of wondering, where is God? Peace shows up. In the middle of a world turned upside down for a young Jewish couple who found themselves living out an odyssey they never could have anticipated. Again, remember the story, folks. This was not a planned pregnancy. It was not even a pregnancy they could possibly understand. Again, I've said it before, I may even say it again over the next couple weeks. But just imagine Mary trying to wrap her head around a virgin birth. Imagine Joseph wrapping his head around a virgin birth. Really? Then the whole Roman oppression things come to bear, and they've got to do a census. This is not a good time for us to fill out the census. We're sorry, come back another day was not an option. They literally, as, a, as the video said, travel miles while she is great with child, as Scripture says. Only the Bible can get away with saying that. Guys, if you try to say that, step back, okay? I'm just saying. 
And then think about this. This is a young girl, people. This is her first child. She probably has an understanding. She and Joseph, again, they've not even been together yet in an intimate way. And now he's apparently maybe the only one there to deliver her baby. Excuse me, Joseph, have you done this before? I haven't done this before either. No midwife, no mom, no aunt, no sister. I think that was a storm. In the midst of all of this, God showed up with a divine promise of peace. And I will just say, I'm not ashamed to admit it. It's kind of nice for me to think that all these years later, in the midst of any storm you and I may face, are facing, will face, God is still capable of showing up with a divine promise of peace. Now, trust me. When God shows up, you remember what he said to the shepherds? Don't be afraid. I'm sorry. There's an angel talking to me from the sky in the middle of the night. I think I have the right to be afraid. I'm just saying. I'm not saying peace in the midst of the storm and magically makes the anxiety go away. But it does help it make a lot more sense. Peace defies our circumstances. This is a, is a truth that sometimes we must choose to accept by faith. Believing that we can experience the peace of God regardless of how we feel. Preaching to the preacher here. Believing that we can experience the peace of God even when life does not make sense. I just had a conversation with Lori out in the parking lot. If you're still there, Lori, hey, appreciate you. Um, I, we as humans just want this to make sense. And when it makes sense, then I can be at peace. That's not always how it's going to work. Based upon what many of us have experienced this year, I suspect that leaning into a peace that defies our circumstances may not always come easy. When I was home with my duct tape and square peg and round hole, I was not feeling a deep abiding sense of peace. There's rarely a week that goes by that I'm wondering, where is a deep abiding sense of peace? But just because it doesn't come easily does not make it any less real or any less possible. The Apostle Paul gives us a clue as to how we can move forward when we talk about a peace that defies our circumstances. In Philippians chapter 4, I probably preached this when I was preaching from the living room. Uh, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So again, do not be anxious about anything. In every situation, by prayer and petition, and with thanksgiving, present your request to God. 
and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Oh, friends, I hope you caught that. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Huge and there. When I take it to him, that's when the and comes in. And it is a peace that just will not always make sense. I like it. I prefer it. I will go as far as to say I love it when life makes sense. But, oh, thank you, Jesus, that there is a peace I can find and you can find when it doesn't make sense, that transcends. Because, friends, if we're trusting on my understanding, we're all in big trouble. I'm just saying. But there is a peace that can transcend all understanding. And that peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Some of us are wired differently than others. And some of us, our emotions are like this. Okay, and some of us it's more gentle. There's a device back there with the guys back there, and it's called a limiter and a compressor. And what it does is sound waves do the same thing. And you can set that so the sound waves have a narrow band by which they can deviate. They can't go too high and they can't go too low. When I look at that, to me, that's my my limiter and compressor. That piece that transcends all understanding guards my heart and guards my mind and keeps things from going too high and keeps things from going too low. There's still some bouncing around in there, but it's not nearly as far. Just that was a bonus. That was not in my notes. I just thought I'd give you that for free. All right. So then, perhaps and hopefully, your experience differs from mine. But personally, as I've hinted at, peace is not my default setting when it comes to the storms of life. That's not just where I naturally go. Nor is it natural for me to be confident that I will experience a peace that defies the difficult circumstances in my life. Generally, I have to worry about it and get anxious about it for a while before we settle back down and begin to find peace. I'm not saying that's right. And that may not be you, but that's me. For me, the one thing that breaks through my personality and breaks through my temperament and breaks through my life experiences is the reminder that God's peace is a person, not a feeling, not an emotion, not a temporary state of being or feeling. If I can lean in to the fact that peace is a person, then if I know the person, I can claim the peace regardless of what's going on around me. Are you following me there? It's not my peace. He is peace, and he is mine, and I am his. And he understands how I'm wired. He understands I'm going to freak out for a while first. 
Paul just says it just as simple as it can be. Ephesians 2.14, for he himself is our peace. Not my understanding, not my control, as much as I love to be in control. Again, something I just, conversation with Lori in the parking lot. is I hate to admit it. I know it's true intellectually, but here it gets hard. Control is really just an illusion. God indulges me from time to time by letting me think I'm in control. He has to laugh at times and thinks, Steve, you don't have a clue. He's right, I don't. But he himself, peace is a person. Then Isaiah, the classic Christmas passage, Isaiah chapter 9, starting with verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a child is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's literally his name, people. Prince of Peace. And if he is Prince and I am a subject of his, then his peace can become my peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne over all his kingdom. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. His peace will never end. Establishing and upholding his kingdom with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Finding peace in our struggles. This year, as we rediscover Christmas, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, no, I'm positive, none of us have ever in this room done Christmas in a global pandemic before. All right? So rediscovering Christmas is what we're doing because we've never done Christmas this way before. Now, some of you know me well enough to know that I have always thought shopping at Christmas time was a high-risk activity. <laughs> and I am thrilled that the CDC finally sees it my way. I feel such vindication. I told Diana, you know, we, we can't go shopping, you know, because it's high-risk activity. Okay, and let's get out the mouse and let's go shopping. Uh, but we, we've never done Christmas this way. So when I say rediscover Christmas, it is so incredibly appropriate. But as we talk about finding peace in our struggles, as we just rediscover Christmas, I just want to leave you with two more familiar passages of Scripture. Just, again, file these away, pull them out. Like I said, there come times passages I just got to read every day for a while till I get it through my heart and head. Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burned, and I will give you rest. If you're just over, are you just over COVID? Are you just over lockdowns? You're just over all the crud? No pun intended. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are just over this, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That's, that's the gift he has for us. That's the peace he offers us. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I just got to say, over the past nine months, 
I've carried a boatload of yokes that weren't his. And I chose to. And I chose to to my own detriment. He's saying, take my yoke. Leave the other stuff off and find my rest. And then 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Just close your eyes and bow your heads. I'm going to pray this over you. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3.16, now, now, December 6, 2020, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. Amen. Worship team.